The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day, g'day guys, welcome to Behind the Scenes, I'm your host Summer Helene and we are on with Paul Michael Bond, who you'll like better than you like me, and my assistant has not shoved a list of people that uh, own my butt at me yet, so you won't have to listen to that, but we have a whole bunch to talk about, and I'm excited to say we are going to have Kit from Knight Rider or Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World or whatever you want to call him, we are going to have him on the show today and I'm excited for that, how are you doing Paul? I'm doing fine, and I just want to let the audience know that uh, I uh, have a new kitten, so you might actually hear a squeak every once in a while. <laughs> it's not the kitten, it's me, because it's, 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 it's you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, if we hear a squeak, it's Paul freaking out over his new kitten. Yeah. Congratulations. I mean, oh What's God. your kitten's we'll, name? We'll put, a, put up a picture on the show. You're saying it's like, really? Oh, you know. All right. Okay. All right. Back to being an adult. We will Back put to being up a adult. picture. We will put a picture of Paul's new kitten up on the show page. Paul, what's your kitten's mm-hmm. name? I named her Chloris, after the immortal beauty Chloris Leithman. She is phenomenal, isn't she? Yes, I've been in love with her since the seventies. I don't know. I have no explanation. You know, <laughs> I, I I saw you know Young Frankenstein with the radiant uh, Terry Gar, a gorgeous Madeline Kahn, and then I fall in love with the woman who has a wall on her face that can influence tides. <laughs> You fell for so, Chloris Leachman. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? She's an interesting lady, and from what I've heard, I have never worked with her, but I've yeah, never heard anything bad about her. I've only ever heard that she was wonderful. I've never heard a bad story about Chloris Leachman from anyone. So yeah, clearly heard, you have good taste. Yeah. I've heard bad shit in the most completely wonderful way. That's what. I, yeah. That's the things I've heard about her. That's, yeah, the the good kind of crazy is the worst yes, you'll hear about Gloriously her. out of her mind. Yes, that's the uh, only bad you'll hear. Well, speaking of gloriously out of her mind and hmm. women that people love in Hollywood, Angelina Jolie uh, was just diagnosed with Bell's palsy. Okay. Now, it, now I don't know what that is, really. Uh, so. I think it's, it's portions of your body or face going numb. It reacts similar to a stroke, um, hmm. but it is not a stroke. Okay, so it's a tiny, tiny little stroke? No, it just parts of your body go numb. Parts of your face go numb, things like that. It's displaying oh, the symptoms the, of a stroke. the sagging. Thing. Okay, yeah. I've seen people with you that. Their, their facial muscles kind of sag because they lose control of the muscles there. 
Exactly. Uh, stress okay. can bring it on. Different things can bring it on. George Clooney had it. It can be treated and can be fixed. So okay. it's it's not debilitating. But what I'm finding interesting is she's gone on this ridiculous campaign since she broke up with Brad Pitt to make sure the world understood it's not her fault. And now, again, you know, she's already gone through the having her breasts removed because she might have a chance of cancer. She didn't mm-hmm. ever come up positive but might have a chance. Now she's doing this. She's, I've never seen someone use a medical, like multiple medical diagnoses over the years for this kind of press, but she is. And she kind of buys her way into everyone's good graces with it. So I'm telling everyone out there, use your mm-hmm. medical issues to your advantage. That's all I can think. Yeah, um, I it really seems haven't, to haven't thought of When's the, when's the last time she did something? I mean, uh, she, the last thing I remember was that movie she directed like two years ago. She just directed another one. Yeah. She she just directed another one. Um, her and Brad Pitt just split up. That caused a whole bunch of controversy. And, of course, you know, she blamed him and then he fell on his sword. So, yeah, For some reason, he's playing a weatherman on a small talk show on Comedy Central. I, I, I don't know. Well, it's from the, uh, a comedian from your neck of the woods, Jim Jeffries. Oh, yeah, I know who Jim Jeffries is, and yeah. I'm familiar. It's just, he's just hanging out with his mates and trying to deal right now. Yeah, pretty but, much. Jim Jeffries has a talk, new talk show on uh, Comedy Central, and I wasn't expecting it, but the first episode, he says, we'll go to the weatherman, and it's freaking Brad Pitt. On Comedy there are worse. There are worse weathermen in the world. I have them, Brad Pitt. I True. gotta say, I like uh, Jim Jeffries. Seems like a nice man, but it's not my kind of comedy. So I kind of oh, keep no, my nose out of this. Uh, that's very few people say it's my kind of comedy, but it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, he's rough. He is. He is very, very rough. And then we had uh, Gene Hurd died. John. Hurd? He was yeah. John Hurd died. I just mm-hmm. got it into me as Gene. I'm like, that's not right. Uh, John Hurd died. He was in Beaches, uh, Home he was Alone. He Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, character actor that you recognize from Alone. Now, I worked with one of the, uh, the girls that played the daughter, uh, one of the daughters on Home Alone, and she put up a tribute. She said she was, he was nothing but a nice man to her to this day. So I've never heard anyone. Again, he's just one that everyone says nice things about, but he mm-hmm. seems to be buried. And then he was buried by Justin Bieber canceling his ton- his uh, tour, his concert tour. Buried as in, in the press? Buried in the press, figuratively and literally in his case, God rest his soul. Um, he was buried because he died and then buried because nobody's paying attention because Justin Bieber canceled a tour. Yeah, and Justin's not grabbing a shovel. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, isn't that and a good thing for the world? That Justin Bieber canceled his tour? I'm t- I've tried to listen. I've listened to some of his music. I don't, it's not. <laughs> I don't get the Justin Bieber thing. Um, I think he is a, a celebrity that wasn't, uh, just another celebrity that wasn't given a chance on a childhood. <laughs> and it sucks. I mean, that boy's yeah. been famous since he was, what, 10, 12? His mum put him in the limelight and kept well, him there. there's pap- paparazzi footage of uh, him uh, accidentally, mind you, uh, running over a member of the press. That was, yeah, that was the other day. Uh, He's, he, he immediately he, stopped, made sure he was okay, got an ambulance there, and uh, then kind of like, just 
said to the some of the because it kind of gives what his world is like because you know he's got a big car. All these people are. It was a big truck. Swimming. All these people are around him. Flash bulbs in his freaking face. Face. Can you imagine trying to pull out of your driveway with that happening? And then you know, and he hits someone, and you can't blame him. The boy can't see, and then yeah, and it looked like bl- it. It looked like the guy got his foot run over. Yeah. You know, so he was on the side of the car. Sorry, so he and wasn't whole, in front of the car. No, uh, foot, and the whole looked thing like his foot is got run over. just bizarre. I mean, genuinely just bizarre. The reality, and, and then, of course, the rest of the paparazzi are taking pictures of the paparazzi with Justin Bieber. Right. It, it's, I feel really bad for him. Um, he's gotten more flack than any of the celebrities that have been around in a very long time. He had a very messy breakup with uh, Selena Gomez that was, most people don't know, uh, predominantly Selena Gomez's fault. She, you know, was unfaithful. And then uh, he didn't turn into Justin Timberlake and write songs about it like he did with uh, Britney Spears. He just kind of went along with the breakup. So, and then, of course, you know, he has this overindulgent mother who lets him do whatever he wants. And the first person in his life um, that he made friends with that was just, you know, genuinely a friend that didn't need anything from him, of all people, was Chloe. Was it Chloe or Courtney Kardashian? It was Courtney Kardashian. You're so and, asking the wrong person on that one. Well, it was Courtney Kardashian, and um, they ended up friends. He helped her through the breakup with Scott Disick. And they spent a lot of time together off screen. Well, of course, the first thing that happened is Justin Bieber's people freaked the hell out because, you know, he doesn't, they don't want him involved with the Cardassians. And um, the Cardassians people are trying to get Justin Bieber on the show. So, well, in the end, they couldn't spend any time together. Yeah, because um, Kim landed Kanye. So, you know, yeah. maybe that played is, out. Yeah. Well, this is Kim's older sister. And they literally were just friends. But it wasn't something that either of their camps were going to let be. So the boy has not had a good run of it. And I shouldn't say a boy. He's a grown man now. He just oh, yeah. His people didn't want to let it go unexploited is what you're trying to say. Right? Nobody wanted it to go unexploited. <laughs> and so everyone – and so these two, you know, who really needed a break kind of didn't get their break. I, I felt very sorry. Believe it or not, I felt sorry for a Cardassian in this. And I felt very sorry for Justin Bieber in this because none of them get any breathing room. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the pitfalls, people. So if you want to work in the industry, do it, but don't don't ever wish to be famous. You have no idea what will happen. Hmm. Then, of course, you have um, uh, the question of will Wonder Woman win Best Picture? It won't. No, the no. The answer is no. I don't know why that's become a question. Yeah, I well, first of all, it's probably the best movie I've seen so far this year. Uh, but two, the Academy just does not vote on these action movies. Uh, no, and I think they should. But then you know, their concern is Deadpool will have to be put in, which I think should have been. Should have been the best. Yeah, at least for best screenplay. <laughs> Wow. The be- the best film I think I've seen this year is called uh, Guess Who's Back or Look Who's Back. Lex, Who's back? Guess Who's Back or Look Who's Back. Guess Who's Back. Mm. It's a – sorry, I had to ask my assistant. I couldn't remember the name of the film. And ironically, it's the best one I've seen. I thought it would be up for best foreign language film last year. It wasn't. Uh, it's about Hitler coming back, and it is freaking hilarious. It's a German-language film. 
um, <laughs> subtitle. It's really freaking funny. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, that you know, Hitler is a you know, preacher is getting the show. Preacher has uh, Hitler is on that show because uh, one of the characters is in hell, but they're actually humanizing Hitler and they're causing some uh, gruff from that. We should not be humanizing Hitler. Yeah, I'm sorry. There was a BBC uh, sitcom that aired one episode back in like '91. It was called Heil Honey, I'm Home. Oh. They turned Hitler into a sitcom. That I could see as long as his life is miserable or he's, you know, there's got to be some twist to it. But the reality is, um, too soon. Well, on the show, he, his life was seemed to <laughs> be made miserable soon. by his Jewish neighbors, the Goldensteins. So, you know, yeah, really, they did that. that they thought that was going to be a good idea. <sighs> I, I, I don't know who okayed that. Yeah, it's called Look Who's Back. And you can find it. It's a comedy. You can find it on Netflix. And Hulu, it's really, really good. Um, but I, I don't. I'm trying to think of a way of saying this, and I just can't. I know, you know, the the war was 60 years ago, but still too soon. 70 years ago. Uh, yeah, uh, it's he could be. He's the most evil man in the last hundred years you can think of. You know, so. Yeah. He killed off, you know, a, a third of the world's Jewish population. I mean, it, it's I. I'm trying to find polite ways of putting this, and I don't know why I'm trying to be so fucking polite about Adolf Hitler. Mm. There is no polite way to say this. The it's guy a was minefield. A it's really a minefield. <laughs> like we're going to piss off the neo Nazis, just to be clear with my opinion right now. Hitler was a piece of shit. And yeah. the only good thing that came out of that was, you know, a collaboration between some global leaders. And even that has been murky. But nothing good came out of that. Jesus. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah, really yeah, yeah. That, that was, that was, that, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing good. Minefield, like minefield, minefield, uh, minefield. Walk through a minefield. <laughs> Hitler sucks. Like, yeah. That shouldn't be a controversial opinion. Jesus. Yeah. No, I don't know no. why that's a controversial opinion. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> okay, moving on to anything else. Okay, yeah, so. on. We're, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to be on with Dr. Ross. I do want to give a quick shout-out to Float Therapy Star Spa, True Rest, uh, Sedo True, True Rest Sedona, and True Rest Las Vegas. Those are my those. That's the float spas I go to. I go to the one there in uh, Huntington Beach. I go to one in Sedona and one in Vegas because I am constantly, constantly, constantly in pain from wearing heels and running around and everything else. That actually helps me. Um, Vivix Printing, Arizona Corpse Crew, Marching Apparel. If you need something for your red carpet, go to Bespoke Glass Slipper or a Whimsical Hoot. Of course, Scott Haskin for the beautiful music at the beginning of the show. Aloft Hotel Palm Spring, uh, Aloft Hotel Phoenix, Adrian Ancler Hair Studios, who does all my hair for the red. A Adrian Al Alcantar. I cannot pronounce this. Like Alexis gives me the list. She's like, these are the people that own you. I'm like, okay, I got, I got this. I screw it up every time. Adrian Al Al Alcantar. He does all my hair for the red carpets. It's Adrian. I'll put up the link on on line if you guys can help me pronounce it. I'd appreciate that. 
best red carpet looks and, of course, Off-Road Rentals, who gives away the free ATV rides for anybody that wants to go for a ride and answers a question correctly on the show. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with Paul Michael Boland. This is Behind the Scenes. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What is your purpose? In the journey that we call life, our values are pre-programmed into us before we're born. During our lives, we pick up life's lessons and soul connections along the way. We explore this path on Soul Sessions with Solstice, featuring hosts Delana Davis and Rita McRae. Our program is designed to help you more confidently live from your heart and not just your head. Tune in live for Soul Sessions with Solstice every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Where can you learn about EasyWayPromotions.com's social media marketing, brand positioning, and more? Easy Talk Live. Where can you get tuned into celebrities in the business world? Easy Talk Live. Where can you learn about entrepreneurment? Easy Talk Live. Every week, host Eric Easy Zuli and his celebrity friends talk about global causes, offer tips and tricks that you can use right now on social media, and give you the chance to promote your projects on Easy Talk Live. Every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with Paul Michael Bolin, who you'll like better than you like me. I'm getting really, really excited because we have a special guest coming on uh, after Dr. Russ. We have William Daniels on, and I'd first, though, like to introduce Dr. Russ. Hi, Dr. Russ. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing fine. Thank you. We just saw each other recently, so I know that you're doing fantastic. We did. I was I was in there a couple of days ago, uh, making sure everything's kind of where it should be, going in for a tune-up. Um, I want to jump straight into the questions that we have, because we have a bunch of write-ins and some fabulous guests today. Uh, and everyone yeah. is always excited and got a bunch of questions for you, so I want to jump in on those. I have one from, Bos- from April in Boston, Massachusetts. I had weight loss surgery a while ago. Sometimes I get cravings for junk food. What should I do? Well, April, uh, the fact that you had weight loss surgery doesn't mean that uh, food cravings will go away, unfortunately. But if you can reduce or 
What, Paul? They won't. You're, uh, yeah. You sound like the voice it's, of experience. and uh, yeah, I've that, had, yeah, I've had stomach surgery, and nope, they don't. So in light of that, uh, I would say that uh, if April can reduce uh, or eliminate junk food, then she'll probably have fewer cravings uh, by doing that. I, I suspect, though, that uh, she might need to see uh, her doctor uh, and talk about anti-craving medication and try to figure out why uh, you're still having cravings. Uh, she could have binge eating uh, disorder, also known as food addiction, that, that won't go away simply by having bypass surgery. I think. Uh, April, that you and your doctor need to figure this one out. Fantastic. Our next question is from Chris in Los Angeles, California. Do I continue to diet after I reach my weight loss goal? Well, Chris, the, it's a semantical uh, sort of issue because uh, the word diet uh, is what you eat and drink. Uh, so, yes, you still have to continue eating after uh, reaching your weight loss goal. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's that or die. But the goal of voluntary uh, pursuit of good health is to eat healthy, to get healthy, uh, along with rest, getting enough sleep at night and exercise, and, of course, to avoid all the, uh, the bad uh, behaviors that people seem to develop even voluntarily, but uh, uh, it's, uh, yes, you have to uh, eat healthy. And then our final question, I'm going to have to have you explain this one to me. Does urine therapy help to lose weight? Kyle in Grand Junction, Colorado, what is urine therapy? Well, it's kind of a far out uh, sort of therapy that um, uh, has been advocated uh, in various traditions of medicine, like Ayurvedic medicine, for example, uh, where you drink urine. And fantastic. It, it, <laughs> no, it's not fantastic. Because, uh, you know what, it's never, uh, there's no evidence that's effective for weight loss or any other health benefit. Um, and uh, so, uh, you know, people drink human urine, uh, drink their own urine, drink animal urine, but uh, there's no uh, concrete evidence that, uh, that it can help. And uh, so I, I think uh, that's not the right, that's not yeah. the right approach. No evidence, and at the end of the day, Why? Why? Right. Yeah, I, I, it's a I, I'm trying not to judge. I'm really, really, really trying not to judge here. It's desperation. Yeah, I it it would have to be the only. I mean, I saw Bell Grills do it, but that no. Yeah, mm. uh, different, different, different. <laughs> that was a survival or supposedly a survival situation. Yeah, I I in survival situation, I I don't know, I. 
Why? There are just some therapy, uh, some things people do. Stop listening to strange hippies on the internet. Jesus. Um, that's oh, that's all I the first guy that ever ate an oyster, and he introduced us to, all to delicious uh, sea, seafood or uh, shellfish. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, you can understand yeah. why people would experiment, but uh, there's no evidence of its uh, effectiveness. And I, I'd, uh, I'd like to give Kylie a book. Uh, called the Palm Springs Diet, and maybe uh, a little bit more uh, uh, orthodox, uh, uh, common sense, medically based. Uh, Better than drinking her own uh, urine. Yes. Kylie, <laughs> courtesy of Dr. Ross, will be sending you a copy of the Palm Springs Diet. And if you guys want your own copy of the Palm Springs Diet, you can go to authorhouse.com. You can go to kennethrussmd.com. You can go to amazon.com. Actually, it's all over the internet now. So just go get a copy of the Palm Springs Diet. Thank you. Thanks for promoting that, Summer. Well, I guess that does it. So uh, hope you have a good rest of the week, both of you. And uh, can't wait to get back with you next week. It was great having you on, Dr. Ross. Thank you, as always, for coming on and uh, talking to our listeners about all things skinny and healthy. And I look forward to having you I really appreciate the questions. Thank you. Guys, when we come back, we are going to have a very, very special guest, William Daniels. I believe uh, his wife, Bonnie Bartlett, is going to be on as well. I'm really excited. I know him as Mr. Feeney, but depending on what generation you come from, you're going to know him as a whole bunch of different things. You're either going to know him as a kid. Dr. Dr. Craig. Craig. I know it was Mr. Feeney. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with Paul Michael Bolin. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you a pet parent? If so, you'll want to stay up to date on the latest tech gadgets and advances for your canine or feline friend. With a ton of apps, websites, tech toys, and more, you'll want to be in the know when it comes to the real treasures and the duds. For that information, listen for Pet Lover Geek with host Lorian Clemens. We test and discuss what's hot and what's not on the pet front, so you'll be better informed. Tune in Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. 
G'day guys, welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with Paul Michael Bolin, who you'll like better than you like me. And I'm very excited to welcome to the show, William Daniels and Bonnie Bartlett. Hello. Hi. Hi. Summer. Where are you from? I'm originally from Sydney, Australia, but nobody cares about me. Everyone's very excited to listen to you two. All the the listeners know me, but... um, they're really excited about you guys being on. I know I've got people talking about Kit and, you know, Mr. Feeney. So I think people come from kind of one of those directions. And they're talking about you and St. Elsewhere and a whole bunch of stuff. So we've got right. some really interesting write-ins already. So you ask Bill questions, right? I do ask the questions, um, but I believe Paul had a question. Yeah, mine was more of a personal. Uh, Mr. Daniels, how did it feel to find out you spent seven seasons in a snow globe? <laughs> in St. Elsewhere, Billy, how did it feel at the very end to find out that we had seven seasons in a snow globe? The end of uh, St. Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't a happy occasion, no. <laughs> oh, I can imagine not. We didn't like the script at all. <laughs> no, yeah, that was the biggest script. problem with the, with the end of it. It was when you had the, the MGM kitten flatlining at the end of the credits. That, that scarred me to this day. <laughs> well, thank God we had uh, six seasons of uh, decent scripts, but that last one I didn't care for. Mm, fair enough. Fair enough. It was an amazing show. It was. One of the were, best. You two, no. were you two married before the show? We've been married forever. Fair enough. <laughs> 1951. Before wow. you were born, my friend. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's, it's unusual <laughs> to hear out here in Hollywood. Good for you two. That's amazing to me. Everyone I know gets divorced at least three times. So yeah. that's that's really incredible. How do you make that work in entertainment, in Hollywood specifically? Bill, what do you want to say? Uh, it's just a matter of a lack of imagination, you know. <laughs> We just find each other together, and uh, that was it. There you go. We like each other. We like each other. We abuse each other. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that really helps. Yeah, Yeah. and we're very different. Like, he sat down. I couldn't do it. He sat down and wrote this book. You know, there I go again with all, about all these characters and everything he had done. That's hard work, and you're not a writer. And he sat down at a desk, and it took him a couple of years, but he wrote it. And that's amazing to me. I, I couldn't do that, but I can help sell it. I can push it, you know, but I, I'm, I'm not a solitary person. What she is is an actress with two Emmy Awards to yep, her credit. Yes. Yeah. I love what you did on Better Call Saul not too long ago, good. too. So, yeah. Well, I definitely want to talk about the book, but I have to agree. Uh, two Emmys are nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> I'd be happy for a Teen Choice Award, so I'm. I'm just saying that's <laughs> it that's is a really big at the time, deal. But then it's very it get you, it wears off quite fast. Ah, uh, okay. It's very so, exciting so the at the time. <laughs> but it doesn't matter at all. Yeah, they can't take those away from you, so well, they no. can't, right? No. Well, no okay, ex- well, they can if it's an Oscar and they call out the wrong name. Other than that, no, they can't. That's you know, the only the, time. The, the amazing thing about Bill is that he's done all these different parts, and he has so many different fan groups, you know, Kit, uh, the, the, the 1776, John Adams. He, 
He really, really does. And that was yeah. something um, we're finding a lot on social media. And depending on the age group, I grew up uh, with Mr. Daniels as Mr. Feeney. So that's mm-hmm. where I know him from. Uh, Paul was talking about St. Elsewhere and kids. And a bit of, and a bit of Knight Rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah Knight Rider. Every, Knight Rider. And so everyone's kind of grown up with him in their own way because you've, you've been on television forever. And then you kind of came out with this book immortalizing that. Um, I, I kind of felt like that was the exclamation point. Like, okay, I've been here forever. I raised all of you. You all grew up watching me from, you know, for God, like for decades. What's right. it like to be that embedded on that many generations? I think it's amazing, and, and all the people that come up with the book signings and things, they, they just adore him, and they, I, I find it amazing. And he, he really doesn't, it doesn't... He doesn't see the impact. <laughs> no, he, he doesn't feel it. He's still an actor doing a job, you know, and, and he doesn't feel a glow <laughs> from it. I don't feel what? A glow. A glow? <laughs> yes. But it's just another day at work. That's, that. That's right. It sounds like a growth. <laughs> no, it's a glow. Oh, I don't think mm-hmm. they mean it that way, but yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. No, and I can understand that. What was your favorite role to see Mr. Daniels? I'm going to ask you each what your favorite role um, that your husband, your wife did. What was your favorite role that uh, Mr. Daniels did? What was my favorite role and what? What have I done that was your favorite role? Oh, well, let me think a second. Um, I uh, I would say, Bonnie, uh, in that uh, Tennessee Williams play. Oh, Streetcar? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was wonderful uh, in that. Uh, she, she played it uh, on the, uh, you know, the circuit uh, out there in the east, uh, and she was just terrific in it. It knocked me out. Oh no, I know. My favorite role of hers was Barbara Allen in in Dark of the Moon. Uh, we were at the time we were just dating, and there was a kind of a crazy scene where she was. Uh, a whole bunch of people around her and she was getting raped and I ha- I just had to leave the theater. I couldn't stand it. Now that I, really does I scream a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was a play. <laughs> but it's it a speaks to your part. talent. Yeah, it, it was. It speaks to your talent. And she was terrific in it. Yeah. I like that. And what was your favorite role that he was in? That is a very hard one for me to... Uh, I tell you, um, I... I He's always like Christmas for me, you know. Uh, it's like Christmas <laughs> when I I watch something and I don't expect it. And um, he's he's done that so many times for me. Certainly, John Adams. I mean, when I saw that, I was very excited on the stage. And then I would say that I have to say the stage performances are the ones like Zoo Story, Edward Albee's Zoo Story, when Bill played Peter. That oh, every night yeah. that I saw it, I mean, it was just so remarkable. And the play my, was very, my, my very, very first uh, drama class in college, they played uh, an audio recording of the Zoo Story. That was like the really? first thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't know there was such a thing. An there audio recording? Is. It was you. It was your voice because I remember yes, being. Yes, it was you, Bill. I do think. Ah, Peter okay. Mark Richmond. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
I didn't know that was out there. Oh, that was the most incredible. When I saw the, I saw the, the night before it opened, and I thought, I said, Billy, you didn't tell me. You didn't tell me this is a great play. This is absolutely amazing. It was the beginning of something very special in the theater. It really was. So those are the performances that I really, really, really remember and cherish. You know, and I saw them so many times. I, I would say the theater roles, yeah. What was it like stepping away from being an actor and writing this book and going back into that vault of memory? Uh, it was quite an interesting thing. I uh, I hadn't thought about, you know, I'm a person that just acts on impulse. And uh, there was the, the yellow pad there and there was a pencil and I just started writing. And I've since realized that what I was trying to do was go back and capture, if that's the right word, uh, about where I started and where I ended up, you know, it's a, it's a long, uh, it's a long voyage there through a lot of different parts and and then and a lot of uh, upset sometimes at not being employed, which every actor deals with, but mostly with the wonderful uh, roles that I got. Uh, some of them I had to talk, be talked into because I'm kind of a negative personality. I had to be talked into the zoo store. I said, well, this is, what is this? I mean, you know, nobody knew who Edward Albee was. And I said, this guy just sits on a bench. He doesn't say anything. The other guy does all the talking. (laughs) Well, it turned out that actually uh, the guy who sits on the bench is who the audience identified with. So it became a very important role. But I'm not good at judging material. I just go and do it. You seem to have done really well with material. I mean, you've played some of the most iconic characters in pop culture. I've been very lucky that way, yes. I've been very lucky. If it were up to me, I don't know if I'd worked half as much as I had. <laughs> uh, you know, I look at a piece of material that somebody sends me, and I said, well, how can I do this? I mean, what are they writing? I mean, who does that? Uh, you know, I just question the whole damn thing. Uh, and then, of course, it turns out to be a, a hit on Broadway and run for, you know. <sighs> but you never know. You never know what, whether it's a, a movie yeah, or a play or exactly. a television show. You really don't know. You don't know until you do it in front of an audience, and then you know you got something. Yeah, Bill always says the audience will tell you what you got. Yes. That certainly was true in 1776. Uh, it was at a time that we were in a war we shouldn't have been in, uh, in Vietnam. And I thought that this was not a time to do something like this, but it turned out to be the perfect time when people needed to uh, have a, 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 to revisit uh, the country that we are and uh, what this play uh, attempted to uh, illustrate. Uh, that's 1776. And it's a boost of patriotism, I'm sure, everyone needed at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I ask you, uh, each of you, what was the most challenging role that you've had? Hmm. Me? Yes, yeah, sir. Go ahead, you do first. Challenging. I suppose it was John Adams in 1776. He had nine musical numbers. He never left the stage. Uh, uh, I enjoyed it very much, but it was very tiring. But, yes, John Adams. 
And you? For me, any time I've had to do, like I played Tim Al- uh, Allen's mother in, um, what was that? Home, 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 it was Home Improvement. Home Improvement. <laughs> any time I've had to do comedy, that's a challenge really? for me. Yeah, comedy. And yet, I did something recently and they said, oh, you're just a comic actress. And I thought, what? What? Because <laughs> I don't think of myself that way. I think of myself as very, you know, maybe because I'm getting older, maybe I'm, yeah. Probably because I'm getting older. I was very intense, young lady. Yeah, that bit very you intense. Heel not too long ago was fantastic and hilarious. Yes, you, you can do comedy. Okay, yes. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'm I'm going to ask both of you this: If you had to give advice to young actors, because we have a lot of aspiring actors and actresses and directors and filmmakers and all kinds of people, um, YouTube I still maintain does not count. Uh, but people that want to to get into entertainment, what advice would you have for them? Mm. Mm. Don't. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, 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 I think what they have to do, first of all, is act wherever they can get a chance. And I mean, if there's two people in the in a living room, act for them. Or if you're studying and taking a class in acting, always get as much stage experience as you can, and uh, and wherever you can. And uh, with that uh, comes a kind of a, a, a development of your abilities uh, and talents, if you have talent, uh, uh, to make a future in this business, to have a career in this business. But it requires a lot of work, a lot of experience, getting uh, acting wherever you can. And uh, after a while, if you're lucky and if you have talent, uh, you'll get a job that pays a living. <laughs> and uh, it might even go on to be greater success than that. And the most amazing thing is today for us, Bill really is not in touch with all this. I'm much more in touch with all the different things, the different ways of doing things. And people get on YouTube, as you say, people mm-hmm. kind of create their own. There's a real entrepreneur thing that's going on, which is kind of marvelous because it's not so frustrating. Uh, sitting and waiting is horrible. And so don't sit and wait. You've got to keep doing stuff. And, and people are, they have all this wonderful, um, wonderful and terrible, but uh, wonderful um, technology. And, and, and you can do it. You can just d- decide to, an idea and sort of put it out there. And I think that's marvelous. One of the questions the we... has been oh, very, very uh, good to me. Uh, I'm very grateful for it. And uh, the reactions I get from people on the street or on, on, in a theater, uh, that's always very satisfying uh, to uh, a, a person who's an actor. And I have gotten a lot of that, and I'm very grateful for it. And I know now, although at the beginning I didn't think I should be an actor, but that was when I was, you know, I don't know, 12, 13. I've been in the business since I could sing and dance with my sister. But uh, uh, after a while, I began to accept the fact that I am an actor, and this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And uh, it's been very uh, gratifying, and it's been very rewarding, and I'm very grateful to it. And then he sat down and wrote a book, and uh, I mean, he'd never written anything before. (laughs) And and it's, it's really quite funny, and it's quite good. 
the book is getting incredible reviews. It's yes. um, yeah. it's really, I mean, been very, very well received. If you guys want to get a copy, I want to do this shout out because if I get into the questions online, I know we're going to get swamped with them. We've already got a ton in. So I do want to tell everyone to go get the book, get a copy of There I Go Again, How I Came to Be Mr. Feeney, John Adams, Dr. Craig, Kit, and many others. It's by William Daniels. Guys, check it out. It's an excellent, excellent book. You can find it on Amazon.com, Turner Classic Movie Shop, Barnes & Noble. But if you Google it, it's actually kind of everywhere. I mean, this book is everywhere now, and it's mm-hmm. very, very popular. So get yourself a copy and check it out, especially for the aspiring actors and actresses out there. It's always good to look at the career of someone that came before you because they know what they're doing. <laughs> like, they already made all the mistakes. They already figured it out for you. So, so follow them. Please tell um, me there's an audio version of it. <laughs> is there an audio version of this? I think there will be, yes. Oh, fantastic. I think Bill's going to do one. If he can. Yes. Oh, he please. Can, yes, please. <laughs> <He's been laughs> Your awesome, voice, you know, please. But he, yeah. We'll see if he can do it. Okay. Oh, that, see, that's, yeah. That's, that's right it. Yeah, everyone wants to hear his voice doing it. That's, That's right. The, That's right. Um, one of the questions, what was the most frightening moment you've had in your career? Oh, boy, frightening, Billy. What is the most frightening moment you've had? Frightening? Frightening, yeah. Um, I remember when I was doing the zoo story, uh, I had some uh, guests come back between uh, matinee and evening uh, performance, and I had, uh, uh, I offered them uh, a glass of wine, and I had a glass, or maybe I had two glasses, and then I went on stage, and I realized I was getting very slow in my reactions, and it scared the hell out of me, and I never did that again. That's I mean, drink one. before a performance. That was frightening. Because I mean, everything is slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'd feel terrible. Mm-hmm. What's the most frightening thing that's happened to me, Billy? God, I don't know. I've had such fun. Um, I can't think of anything that's frightened me in my, my world. Well, that's good. There you I go. I can't think of a thing. I think oh, that's wonderful. I, yes, I can remember in, in soap opera, live. Live. Oh, right. We, I did a soap opera and early on, early on, and it was out there live. And that means that it, there you are in front of God and everybody. And if you forget. It goes right out in the air. And, and one yeah. time I was, I was doing a wonderful actor, and I, I looked at him, and I, I saw the camera or something, and I got mesmerized, and I forgot. So what I did is I started to cry. And that kind of covered the moment. <laughs> terrible. Oh, that was scary. Yeah, to be live on television and blow it. Oh, boy. That's scary. I would, I would say so. I have a lot of write-ins about you being Kit and a lot about you being Mr. Feeney. The questions I have, I'm going to kind of paraphrase about eight of them, but I'm going to ask, did you spend a lot of time with David Hasselhoff on set? Never. We, uh, I was a, I was the car, and uh, he was driving the car. I did my role uh, in a soundstage in, in the studio. Uh, not a soundstage, just uh, you know, a studio where you yeah, recording you just, uh, recording booth. Uh, I never saw him uh, except the at Christmas party. He was out on the road and everything like that. And he, when we finally met, he said, you son of a gun, you're in there. You take you, How long does it take you? I said, oh, maybe 45 minutes. He says, I'm out there in the desert in the heat and carrying on. 
So, you know, he was kidding, and uh, I enjoyed that. And uh, so we only met uh, at those uh, Christmas parties that the uh, company had. I like they that. put that thing together, and somehow it works. And David said to me, I don't know how this works, but uh, because I wasn't with him when he did his lines, he was on the road, I did my lines in the studio, and they put it together. But it somehow worked. It synced beautifully. Do you ever get... Is it uncomfortable for you? I'm getting about 30 tweets a minute, guys. Thank you for writing in. I've read a few of them. I'm going to ask the questions, but we're going to stop on Twitter now because it's getting a little out of hand. You guys have a really big following. You guys have a really know. big That's following. Good. The audience, the audience is wonderful. Yeah, and boy, do they love you guys. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask you, what was your greatest experience? From beginning to now, your greatest experience from beginning to now, was it, I'm going to ask both of you, was it getting your Emmy? Was it being recognized as, you've been called one of the most iconic voices in Hollywood. Really? Yes. You you didn't know that. You you have been ranked among the most iconic voices in Hollywood. Well, it, it it was wonderful to be uh, recognized and to win those uh, Emmys. That was by yeah. that would be the yeah most experience in the business. You mean yes, yeah. ma'am. I tell you what was wonderful for me is that I in New York we we had two little boys and I just loved taking the boys to the park and and playing with them and walking around New York City and all the fire trucks and all the fire stations having hot dogs and the church steps and all that sort of thing. I loved my boys so much and I had such a good time that I stopped going to audition. I didn't want to work. And whenever I did work during that almost 10 years, it was like agony because if I was separated from them so that when Bill wanted to come to California, I did not want to come to California. I love New York. And, but we got out there. And I said, well, we'll try it a little bit. You know? So we went out there. And I really had forgotten almost that I was an actress because I was busy raising the boys. And he sent me to his agent. And his agent, he said, do you have any film? No. Do you have, who do you know? I said, well, I named a couple of people. And they sent me out, and I started getting all this work. And I was 40, and I thought, what's happening? This is Hollywood. You know, you've got to be 18 and gorgeous. What's going on? Or an old movie star. And I worked and worked and worked. And I have to say that getting in my car at 4 o'clock and driving out to Simi Valley to do Little House on the Prairie was so happy for me. I was so happy doing it. And I got back into acting and, and loved it. And it was that wonderful thing that happened. And it wouldn't have happened had I stayed in New York, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a good case for taking cute. risks. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah. It's, a good yep. case. it's a good case for taking risks. Yeah. Now, I, I, we have about four minutes left of the show. I really want to focus on the book. I know we have a lot of questions. And I'm so grateful to both of you for taking your time and coming on the show I know you've got to be really proud of this book. Um, Do you think this is, like I said, I called it an exclamation point to your career. Do you think this book will reach out 
to younger actors? I know it already is in a lot of cases. I've read the reviews. But do you think it has something for the younger generation to learn? Well, I would certainly hope so. Because all I tried to do is tell in my own voice uh, what I have been through. Uh, trying to get started, trying to get work, being out of work and uh, wondering whether I was in the wrong business. But uh, it was the only thing I knew how to do since I was performing since I was about five years old with my sister, a song and dance team. Uh, So there wasn't anything else for me to do. So I just kept at it. And uh, it, uh, it suddenly uh, uh, took uh, hold, and pretty soon I was uh, uh, getting work and getting some uh, uh, some uh, awards and things like that. And I knew that uh, finally, although it was a long period uh, where I wondered if I was in the wrong business, but finally uh, it all came to fruition. And I was glad I was there, and I've been appreciated, uh, appreciative of everything that came my way. I, I, I would say it's a, it's a tough task, I think, for the, 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 very, the young, the very young, to quite get with it, even, even with the book. In other words, I don't know if they'll learn anything from it. They'll just see how different it was how different it was then, now, and how differently. I mean, look at all the, the our grandchildren sit at dinner and, uh, and look at those things, you know, and laugh and carry on with their friends on, on the machines. And I think one, one of our grandchildren does act, and he likes it. He likes acting, and I do think that almost by osmosis and stuff, he listens and he hears some of the stories. And his father talks to him about some of the experiences that he had with Bill. And I do think that he picks up something from it. I do. I don't know if he's read the book, but uh, just, you know, with his grandfather around. But uh, it's, it's, it's a wide generation gap. Wide. We try. <laughs> It's, it's it true. Point. Well, I think it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, we've come to the end of the show. I do want to say uh, Bonnie Bartlett and William Daniels, we've got one of the most iconic voices in Hollywood history here with us today. And I have to say, Miss Bartlett, some of your roles, I think, were absolutely amazing. Both of you, you have stepped in and created pop culture and created this following for you thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you for talking directly to the fans i know a lot of the questions were disconjointed but they're coming off social media and so this is your fan base reaching out to you and i know it means so much to them that you took the time to answer the questions and it means a great deal to me that you came on the show thank you both very much and thank you well thank you dear it's been a pleasure it's, it's been, been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Uh, do you have okay. social media places that people can find you? Yes, he's he's on. It's uh, William Daniels, the actor, and then he's Facebook. And uh, we have somebody who helps us do it. We can't do it technically, but she sits with us and we talk and we answer and all that kind of thing. And she does it technically for us. 
Very and nice. that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us. Guys, check out uh, William Daniels, the actor. Go to Facebook. Go to Twitter. Check him out. Get a copy of the book, There I Go Again. I want to say thank you again to the amazing Bonnie Bartlett and the incredible William Daniels. This was Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We were on with Paul Michael Bolin, and we'll see you next week. Wow. Thanks, guys. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.